0: You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire, and we are back with another episode during the Ravens bye week. The Ravens do not play an opponent in week eight so things can get a little slow during the bye week but i'm here to spice those things up for you and today i want to talk about the trade deadline the trade deadline is coming up on tuesday so i want to get into a bit of a special here a trade deadline special as the trade deadline does approach, the Ravens are expected to be very active when it comes to pass rushers. Specifically, Yannick Ngakwe, maybe Michael Bennett, Von Miller, a few others come to mind. And we're going to get into all of that. So we're going to split this up into two segments, focusing specifically on pass rushers with one or two receivers here. Or there, I find it very unlikely that the Ravens would give up draft capital for a receiver at this point. But if there was a second position that I believe the Ravens would go out and try to target, receiver would be it. So I'm going to get into some receivers. But overall, we're going to be focusing on the pass rush, splitting it up into two segments. And for our final segment, we're going to be checking in on the former Ravens. How the Ravens from the 2018 season who departed the team are doing. The likes of Eric Weddle, CJ Mosley, Z'Darrius Smith, Terrell Suggs. So we're going to get into all of that. But first... Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Megaphone. Tune in. I could go on and on. Anywhere there's a podcast, we are on there. So be sure to hit the notification bell, notification button, whatever you get the podcast on. Be sure to do that because we come out with new episodes at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at LockedOnRavens and my personal account at K.Austreicher34. Austreicher spelled O-E-S-T-R-E-I-C-H-E. E R a a long one but spelling it out should be easy to type in so we are done with that let's get right into the content here starting with the man that most people want the ravens to snag in yannick ngakwe the player out of jacksonville who will be a free agent next year has 12 solo tackles this year a forced fumble a pick six in last week's game against cincinnati and two sacks but ngakwe is having a bit of a down year by his standards And especially the way that he's performed throughout his entire career. In his career, Ngakwe has 31 and a half career sacks in the three years and a little bit of change in the 2019 season. In his rookie season in Jacksonville, in 16 games played, he had eight sacks. In 2017, another full season, 12. In 2018, his third consecutive healthy season, 16 games, had nine and a half, and then this year, just the two. But Ngakwe has provided value for the Jaguars for so many years now, and he's also a little bit of a homegrown boy. He came from the University of Maryland, was picked in the third round, there are rumors that the Ravens wanted to draft him, but he was snagged by Jackson before the Ravens got the chance. At Maryland, he had 21 career sacks, 32 tackles for loss. In his freshman year at Maryland, only two sacks in five games that he played. His sophomore year picked it up a bit with six sacks. In his junior year, was really his breakout season: 13 sacks, 14 and a half tackles for loss, a pass defense, 26 solo tackles. And Gakwe is a pass rush specialist who would really, really help the Ravens. And I am on board with the ravens trading for ngakwe he's 6'2, 246 pounds lanky but there are a few issues when it comes to trading for ngakwe first of all the draft capital that the ravens would have to give up for the pass rusher and if ngakwe doesn't get traded and the jaguars decide to keep him and he departs in free agency which i believe he will he turned down a deal worth over 19 and a half million dollars per year from the jaguars a shorter term deal he's looking for long-term stability but just that salary number that's a big number for one player and while Ngakwe is probably well worth it the Ravens although they're getting a lot of cap space they have a lot of guys of their own that they need to resign they just added to that with Marcus Peters if they decide to go down that route so the Ravens would one have to resign him if they acquired him for a big amount of draft capital because look you're not going to trade a bunch of your picks for a one-year rental That's not really how it works in the NFL. In leagues like the NBA, that's a little more common, but usually when you acquire a player and give up a lot of draft picks for them, you're looking to sign them to an extension. The Texans did it with Laramie Tunsell, the Rams with Jalen Ramsey, and those teams didn't sign those players to extension, so now those players have all the leverage. Hopefully if Ngakwe is brought to Baltimore, there's some sort of contract in place, although at the moment the Ravens are tight on space, so I don't know if that's their top priority. But I'm on board with Ngakwe just as long as he doesn't cost too much. If the Jaguars decide to keep Ngakwe and he leaves in free agency, the Jaguars will get a third-round compensatory pick back for him, definitely because of the salary and because he'll probably play a full 16 games since that's what he's done his entire career. We're going to get into how compensatory picks work in the last segment. What I want to get into with Ngakwe is how that would affect what the Ravens give up for him because if the Jaguars know they're going to get a third-round pick back for him if he leaves in free agency, That's the absolute minimum that the Ravens have to give up as a third-round pick. Isn't worth a third-round pick? In my opinion, absolutely. He's a guy who could help the Ravens right away, help that pass rush, especially with Pernell McPhee going on injured reserve. But the issue is, it's going to cost a lot more than that. I believe that the Ravens would have to probably give up a second and a third round pick for Ngakwe, maybe even a first and a third round pick for Ngakwe. It gets a little complicated, and when you start to throw in high round picks like first and seconds, it starts to become a matter of: if the Ravens are going to have enough money to resign him? Will the Ravens resign him, or will they let some of their future? get away from them for a half-year rental. Now, Ngakwe makes the most sense for the team financially. It only cost the Ravens $1 million for the rest of the season. Against the cap, the Ravens right now have about $2 million in cap space, so they don't have a lot to work with. Other players like Von Miller and Vic Beasley, who we'll get into, will cost a bit more, and that would probably have to require a bit of cap restructuring with the current veterans on the roster. Ngakwe is a cost-effective option. He's been productive. A change of senior would most likely help him at this point in his career because he's shown that he can produce for three straight years. If he gets a change of senior, he comes to a successful team like Baltimore and good culture like Baltimore and comes back home to maryland i do believe that ngakwe is the best option on the board here and i am on board for it there have been rumors circulating that the team did offer the jaguars a deal i don't know how true those are the terms of the deal weren't reported and the source wasn't super trustworthy but i would believe that the ravens had to have offered the jaguars a deal I don't know if that's true or not, but I would believe it. The Ravens have also apparently been poking around Vic Beasley, who we're going to get into next. Beasley has had a bit of a down career after his exceptional second season in the league, where he had 15 and a half sacks, six forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, two pass defensed, and he had a monster year that year. He made the Pro Bowl, but other than that, four sacks his rookie season, five sacks his third year. Five sacks his fourth year, and this year his fifth season, one and a half. He's had a very down year, and Beasley showed potential. He's working in a system in Atlanta that has not been successful. The Atlanta defense has been very suspect for a number of years now. I believe that Beasley would be a guy who could come over with that change of scenery and produce at a high level for Baltimore. The issue with Beasley, while he probably would come on the cheap in terms of draft capital, he would not come cheap in terms of money on the books. For the rest of the year, Beasley would be making $7.5 million, with the Ravens only having about $2 million in cap space to work with. That's not a recipe for success unless you start to restructure the veteran deals. Brandon Williams, Willie Sneed. Brandon Carr, those are some guys who can restructure and save $8 million $4, million, $4 million, $4 million. And that starts to chunk up the money, but then you're pushing that money back to future years. And if you extend some of these guys, that would also clear up some cap space. is an option that I think that the Ravens would like to explore and like to have on their roster, especially because, look, they don't have a lot of day three picks left to trade. They traded their sixth round pick to the Patriots in that Illuminor deal to get the fourth. They traded their fifth round pick to to the Rams for Marcus Peters. They still have their own fifth round pick. They might get a conditional seventh for Alex Lewis, but they traded their seventh round pick to the Green Bay Packers for Ty Montgomery last year. So they could get Beasley for, say, a fifth round pick, their Vikings fifth round pick that they got for Vedvik, and that would be a good recipe. I believe that, look, Beasley's a guy who isn't what he once was. He hasn't been what he once was for a long time now. But this is a low-risk high reward move. They give up a little bit, but if Beasley can click and get it together, he would be one of the best options on the board for the Ravens. They would just have to make that money work. When we get back, we're going to be getting into the rest of the trade candidates for the Ravens, Von Miller, Derek Wolf, Michael. We will be getting into the rest of the trade candidates for the Ravens in terms of pass rushers, so stay tuned for that. But before we do that, MyBookie is the premier place to bet on all your favorite pro and college football action every weekend, so if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at MyBookie. Visit MyBookie.a-g today. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Welcome back to Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostrich still hanging with you here. We just got into Yannick Ngakwe and Vic Beasley in terms of Ravens trade targets, but let's get into the rest of them because there are a few who might be some surprise names that maybe you haven't thought about and even I didn't think about until I heard them on the rumor mill. So let's start with Michael Bennett. The Patriots defensive end, who was traded there in the offseason from the Philadelphia Eagles. Bennett's a guy who can get to the passer from both the inside and the outside. He's currently listed as a defensive end with the Patriots, but he's played some outside linebacker. He can stand up, sit down, drop back into coverage. He can do it all. He's had a very successful career, most notably with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. Over the course of his career, he has 65 and a half sacks since he came into the league in 2009, but he really wasn't a factor until 2012 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In his first three years in the league, he only had six sacks combined. But then in 2012, burst on the scene with nine and then went to Seattle and became that premier pass rusher that we know him as today. Eight and a half sacks in his first season in Seattle, seven in his second, 10 in 2015 in his third year, five in his fourth, eight and a half in his fifth. And then with Philadelphia, he had nine in the 2018 season. He is a big guy. Also, he's 6'4", 274. He has a bit of a character concern. He got suspended by the Patriots for contract detrimental to the team, but he said that that didn't even affect him. He said that he's not happy with his role. The rumors have come out that he's not happy with his role. And with that, the Patriots could be looking to trade him. Now, the question becomes, would the Patriots trade Bennett to the opponent they're going to be playing that week? Because the deadline's on Tuesday. That Tuesday falls in week nine. Week 9 is the week that the Ravens play the Patriots. So would the Patriots risk giving up their secrets to the Ravens by getting a little bit of draft capital back? I don't know, but I do believe that Bennett is a great option for the team because they haven't gotten pass rush from the interior or exterior. The Ravens had a great game against Seattle in terms of rushing the pass rush. They didn't get that number in terms of sacks, but their pressure was so much better. Matthew Judon lj Fort, a lot of guys getting in on the russell wilson pressure party and i believe that bennett could help the team make those parties every week affairs he only has four tackles this year along with those two and a half sacks but he's proven to be effective also getting to the passer getting pressures i believe that bennett would be a great option for the ravens if they were going to go the inside pass rusher route another one who the ravens could be targeting Derek wolf The longtime Denver Bronco, he has two sacks this year, along with 14 solo tackles. Wolf's career is not as illustrious as Michael Bennett's from the inside, but he still has 28 career sacks. He had six in his rookie year, had five and a half in both 2015 and 2016. He's kind of fallen off a bit from the 2017 and 2019 seasons, only totaling five and a half total sacks in that time frame. And I think that this is a guy you could acquire for a conditional seventh, maybe a sixth in 2021, a very cheap option, isn't making a ton of money. If nothing else works for the Ravens and all their options are extinguished and Gakwe doesn't come, Beasley doesn't come, Bennett doesn't come, I believe that Wolf could be a guy that the Ravens will throw the Broncos an offer for just because they need something. I think that if anything comes in the trade deadline, it will be at a minimum just something. I don't think the Ravens will stand still here with two roster spots left to fill. I do believe Aaron Adani will be promoted from the practice squad because Joe Cullen actually talked about him unprompted and Jeff Zerbick of The Athletic pointed that out. I believe that Aaron Adani will be used for one of those roster spots. But the other one, I do believe that even if Adani gets promoted, it's going to be four outside linebackers. The Ravens need more in terms of pass rushing. And I think that five outside linebackers is the right way to do it. You can make it Don Yane inactive every week and put the person you acquired in the starting rotation. So I believe that Wolf could come in play that Chris Warmly role. I always say someone could come in and play that Chris Warmly role. And I like Warmly, but he just hasn't done enough for me this year to really justify him holding a starting position. Zach Siler also hasn't done a ton for me this season. I think that they both have underperformed to a degree. I think that they both have potential, but... At this point, the Ravens need production now. They have a firm grasp on the AFC North and Derek Wolf would be a guy who would be probably a last resort option for the team, but could be nice in terms of a player who could come in and make an impact. Von Miller is another guy who the Broncos could be open to training, but I really don't think this is going to be an option for Baltimore. Miller has a hundred and a half career sacks in his career, but only two and a half this season. Beasley only has one and a half sacks this year, so it's only one sack less. Miller is making a ton of money. He's making $25 million this year. It's his cap hit and has that same cap hit for the next two seasons. But the Ravens need to re-sign their own guys. While Miller one of the top talents in the league, I do believe that this will be a far too expensive deal for the Ravens, both in terms of draft capital and in terms of the money that they would have to be paying Devon Miller. Finally, I want to get into a wide receiver the Ravens could be interested in here, and that is Robbie Anderson of the New York Jets. There have been rumors that the Jets could be shopping Anderson. On the year, he has 17 receptions for 266 yards and one touchdown. That averages out to about 15.6 yards per catch. Overall, in his career, Anderson has been a steady presence for the Jets. In his rookie year, he had 42 receptions for 587 yards and two touchdowns. Second season, his production, 63 receptions for 941 yards and seven touchdowns had a bit of a down year in 2018 only 50 receptions for 752 yards and six touchdowns he's a receiver who would really help Lamar Jackson and I think starting opposite of Marquise Brown he would be a great addition to the team he has good hands he can beat you with deep speed he can run routes crisply he's everything you ask for in a receiver he's also young he's only 26 years old so I do believe That if the Ravens will go out and get a receiver, Anderson would be the guy. You hear about Stephon Diggs, but Minnesota seems to be fine now. I think that's really off the table. You hear about Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers. That was never really an option for the Ravens. Mohamed's new one to the Patriots. Teams are going on this wide receiver run right now, and I believe if the Ravens were to get in on the action, Robbie Anderson could be a solid, solid option for this Ravens team. Overall, the Ravens have a lot of options that they can trade for. I do believe it will be a pass rusher. I don't think the Ravens will dip into the wide receiver market, just because right now on the active roster, there are only three outside linebackers. The Ravens need something out of that pass rushing unit, and they just need bodies to be out there. And I think the Ravens will get a pretty good body, whoever it is, Ngakwe, Beasley, Bennett. Those are my top three at the moment. If I had to pick one that I really wanted, I'd have to say Ngakwe. But if the Ravens want to get somebody on the cheap who could contribute Beasley or Bennett, could be the one for that. When we get back, we're going to be getting into how former Ravens are doing, the likes of Eric Weddle, CJ Mosley, all of those guys who left. So stay tuned for that and we will be right back. But before we do that, Peloton is offering a limited time offer. Get $100 off accessories when you purchase the Peloton bike and get a great cardio workout at home. Go to 1 Peloton.com, then use promo code LOCK to get started. Also, we talked about my bookie, but hey, what's the harm in talking about it twice? As a true football fan, you already know just as sure as the seasons change, Lamar Jackson will keep the Ravens in the game every week. Every weekend, our favorite Gridiron Warriors put their skills to the test, so why aren't you doing the same? We're almost halfway through the NFL season, so now is the time to get off the sidelines get into the game with my bookie. If you join right now, MyBookie will double your first deposit. That's right, if you put $1,000, they'll give you $1,000. That's double your initial deposit you can use on all your favorite picks. Use promo code LockedOn to activate the offer. That's promo code LockedOn to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.a g today. You play, you win, and you get paid. Welcome back to LockedOn Ravens. We just got into our full trade deadline preview, but now let's get into how the former Ravens have been doing. The Ravens infamously lost four defensive starters on that defensive unit in it has haunted the ravens for a bit but i think the team is starting to come around and are getting used to the younger guys on the defense and the younger guys have learned through experience and through playing and through the downs of the nfl that there can be ups as well but let's check in on those veterans to see how they've been doing starting with cj mosley This season, Mosley only has nine total tackles and one fumble recovery and one interception return for a touchdown, and that's because Mosley's only played in two games this season. He's been haunted by a groin injury that's plagued him for the past few games. He hasn't been able to suit up. In the opening game against Buffalo, he might have been the Jets' MVP, although the Jets did lose that game, but he left with a groin injury. He came back for the Jets' Monday night game against the Patriots, where he again aggravated that groin. The Jets are now re-looking at that injury as it seems to have popped up again so the ravens should be concerned with this because how qualifying for compensatory picks works this is going to affect it because mosley has not played in a lot of games this season and there are a lot of things that contribute to what a compensatory pick is the ravens are banking on a third round pick for cj mosley but if he doesn't play in enough games and gets enough playing time that pick will drop in order to figure out what round compensatory pick is going to be assigned you start with the actual annual percentage yield of the contract And then you subtract from the annual percentage yield any more money that the compensatory formula does not count. And that means things like workout bonuses, incentives, salary escalators, and things like that. But then you adjust that by applying the coefficient based upon the percentage of any offense or defensive snaps the players took in the first year under that deal. If Mosley isn't taking snaps, that number goes down. And then after that, you apply a positive coefficient to each unrestricted free agent that obtained postseason honors. So even making the playoffs affects compensatory formulas. And obviously, the Jets this year are not going to make the playoffs. But the snaps is what it comes down to. And Millsy hasn't played many this year, only nine total tackles, two total games. That's not the formula the Ravens want to hear. They want him to be healthy. Maybe if Mosley misses a game or two coming up, he can be healthy for the final few games of the season for the Jets. But right now, Mosley hasn't done a lot for the Jets, and he signed that five-year, $85 million contract. That's a massive deal. So the Ravens have to be happy about that. But in terms of getting that third-round pick, it will depend on how many snaps TJ Mosley is able to play in a Jets uniform over his first year. Someone who's played a little bit more, then cj mosley's Darius smith he's been one of the best edge defenders in the nfl having six sacks this season the ravens miss his presence off the edge not just for the sacks but for his ability to set the edge he's one of the best edge setters in the league and he's proven that this year in green bay he's also a great guy who pressures the quarterback make sure that they don't have any time to throw and that he's in their face for the entire game overall He has 24.5 sacks in his career so far. Last year, he had 8.5 sacks for the Ravens in 16 games. In 7 games for the Packers, he has 6 sacks. He's doing very, very well for the Packers after signing that four-year, $66 million contract with the Packers, which most thought was an overpay, but right at this moment, it's not looking like that at all. Smith seems to be finding his home in Green Bay and is wearing the number 55 to pay tribute to his mentor Terrell Suggs. So that was a really nice gesture from Smith. And you got to move on to Terrell Suggs here. If so Darius Smith is paying tribute to him. We're going to pay tribute to him as well. Suggs, the longtime Raven. Five sacks for the Arizona Cardinals this year. After having such an illustrious career with the Ravens, we ended up putting up 132.5 sacks. He added five to that total to make it 137.5 sacks. But Suggs has been killing it since coming into the league in 2003. Had 12 sacks in his rookie season, 10.5 in his second year, And he's been doing it for so many years now. 14 sacks in 2011, 10 in 2013, 12 in 2014, 11 in 2017. He's just been a monster. And it was a bit sad when he left. I would have liked to see him finish out his career in Baltimore just like Ray Lewis did, just like Jonathan Ogden did, but he was an izzy guy. It was time for him to move on. And overall, Suggs did so much in his time here, got that Super Bowl ring, which I'm so happy that he ended up getting. And now he moved home to Arizona to finish out that career with the Cardinals. And speaking of guys finishing out their careers, it is assumed that Los Angeles will be the last stop for Eric Weddle on his career tour. Weddle's been playing pretty well. 29 tackles, 3 passes defended in his time with the Rams, but it cannot be understated what he means to the Rams in terms of a leader and in terms of his football IQ. The Rams have been losing veterans left and right. Clay Matthews is out with a broken jaw. John Johnson is now out for the year. They just traded Marcus Peters to the Ravens. There have been a lot of guys on the move. Aqib Tlaib also to injured reserve. The Rams have been relying on Eric Weddle to be the voice of that defense. And he's been doing a pretty good job while the Rams went on a bit of a skid. They bounced back in a big way against the Falcons in Week 7. And I expect Weddle to just keep doing Weddle things. He's very good against the run. He also seems to be a bit more of a sound tackler to me in the games that I've watched with Weddle. He seems to be wrapping up better. And that was one of the reasons the Ravens moved on from him is that he was losing it from a playing perspective in their eyes. But he seems good to me. And while I am very happy with Earl Thomas in the Ravens' defensive backfield, Eric Weddle is a guy who all Ravens fans love, all Ravens players loved, all Ravens coaches loved. I hope he comes back as a coach one day. I believe he could do it. So I think that Weddle's having a great year for the Rams, despite not having the biggest statistical year for the team. It is not talked about enough how good of a football player he is based off of the mind that he has for the game, based off of the knowledge that he has for the game, based off of what he's done in terms of getting players in position, getting players ready. There would be a lot less successes on Eric Weddle's defense if it was not for his mind and his ability to know the game of football. That's all I have for you today, but when we get back tomorrow, Matthew Stevens of RavensWire will be joining us to talk all things Ravens. Stay tuned for that, and I will see you tomorrow.